Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Game three of the Western Conference semifinals. The Mavs beat the Suns by nine, 103-94. Game four, they beat the Suns by 10, 111-101. Game six... They beat the Suns. Let's not talk about game six. <laughs> By 27 points. Mm. 113 to 86 to tie the series 3 3. So, yeah, needless to say, and of course, we all know what happened in game seven. Suns lost at home by 33 points to the Dallas Mavericks, 123 to 90. Needless to say, if you want to talk about exercising some demons, and I don't know how far a regular season game in December goes towards doing such a thing, but if you want to talk about starting to exercise some demons, you want to talk about the Suns. Hey, let's go back to the building where we all thought the Suns were going to dispatch the Dallas Mavericks. I like, well, I'll never forget, neither were you, when the Suns are up two games to none. That series looked like it was over, absolutely over. And remember what I said? It's like it's like the Mavericks yes. are playing with a, a queen and a bunch of pawns. Yep. That's what it looked like. It looked like it was all Luca and nobody and else. Nobody and else, and they were getting dominated. I, we were I, talking about whether, like, you know, will, he, will it even come back for Game 5? I was worried. I was worried. Uh, not worried. <laughs> that sounds wrong. I was wondering, what are we going to talk about when this series is a sweep and we come back in here on Monday and we have to wait a week and a half to find out yeah. who the Suns are playing in the Western Conference Finals? They go to Dallas. They lose Game 3 on Chris Paul's birthday, by the way. Remember, up until that point, most people thought Chris Paul was the best player in the NBA playoffs. Right up in that moment, right there, like my God, Chris Paul's playing great. He turns thirty-seven that day of Game Three, and it all came apart. It all fell yeah, apart. Whatever on him. deal he made with whoever he made a deal with, it just expired on that day. It would seem, right? It would seem. Yep. All right. At midnight, you're going to turn into a pumpkin. Like it's like he, and he just hasn't been the same player since. Um, played ten games this year. He's played ten games this year. He's missed thirteen games, and the ten games he played, he wasn't very good. But you get the Maverick. You get a Mavericks team here that is not the same team without Brunson. They're not the same team. A lot of their key players are struggling and not playing well. Uh, you've still got Luca, very capable of it. You mentioned it earlier like they they bombed away from three points against the Knicks if they hit those shots they can win games if they don't then they're not going to win many games that seems to they attempted what 61 threes it was almost a 60 it was almost, it was NBA almost a, record, an NBA record an NBA record yeah I'm gonna go look at it but I think it was it was, was looking at some of my notes earlier from that for uh, for that game yeah the, the amount of threes that they took was almost an NBA right and the amount that they made was also close to being a record as well. So let me see if I have this here. So um, 24 out of 61 from three-point range threatened the record for the most attempts in an NBA game, which is 70. So they took 61, the NBA record is 70. Threatened the most amount of makes for a visiting team at the Garden, at the garden which is 27. They had 24. So that was the numbers on the three-pointers in that game. Yeah, and and that's uh, uh, for, Duke, for Luka, that that's kind of what it's going to have to take, right? Because he can't... I'll score you 30 to 50, and everybody else has to hit threes, and we can win. Yep, Tim Hardaway had a big day. They limited Jalen Brunson. But yeah, that's kind of what they've become with it. Right now, they're 10th in the Western Conference. And you pointed out, rightfully so, they got off to a very so-so start last year and got hot just about this time a year ago, maybe a little later than this time a year ago. And they kind of rode that momentum all the way. So maybe they'll get hot again. But so far this year, you pointed it out. JaVel McGee. Go look at Joe. Go look at JaVel McGee's last five games. You're going to be amazed. 
Go look at JaVel McGee. Big, they signed him to a three-year contract. They gave him a lot of money, and his sons were like, okay, we're out of this. We're not interested. We're, in, we're interested in a one-year deal. But uh, if anybody was going to give him two years, they would have let him go. Oh, my goodness. Look, Look at his at last five games. Whew. He don't play. Whew. Five minutes, six minutes, four minutes, five minutes. Doesn't play. Oh, my goodness. Look at some of the minutes earlier in the earlier this month. Eight minutes, four minutes, three minutes. He's, Huge in disappointment. In the month of November, he averaged seven and a half minutes per game. It's been terrible for He's them. He's not playing. It's been terrible. Wow. Yeah. Huge disappointment. It's not a they thought deal. They, be, they wanted him to be the starting center. Like they thought he'd be the now, you know, they Oops. Yeah, I mean they, he was good for the Phoenix Suns. He he has been awful. He, now, the first game against Phoenix, he played 14 minutes. We'll see how many minutes he plays tonight. But the first time against the Suns, he played 14 minutes. And that's what they figured. You're a 15-minute-a-game guy. He's not playing 15 minutes a game anymore. Yeah. No, he's not. Uh, Monty Williams, after yesterday's win against the Spurs, talking about playing the Mavs in Dallas tonight. You know, we want to enjoy this. We'll, we'll look at the film when we get on, on the plane. Obviously, there's... Um, <clears throat> some emotion still, I would imagine, just because that's a place where we didn't play that well in the playoffs, but we're, we're a bit different as a team from injuries, personnel, so are they. I mean, they they're, they just played against the guy that was really important to them in Brunson, and they had a big win in New York, so we'll, we'll look at the film tonight, we'll prepare as we always do, and um, we'll try to do our best in a, in a pretty cool environment and try to get a win before we go home. The, the the wood the Christian Wood edition has not been very good for them. He is going to play tonight, by the way. He is going to play. He is going to play. Yeah. Jason Kidd announced about a half hour ago that Christian He's Wood's going to play. Very tonight. very inconsistent. Inconsistent. Kidd doesn't really like to play him all a whole lot because of his defense. They thought they'd go get you know eighteen twenty points a game out of him. He's more of a sixth man guy for them, but the but the like their bench hasn't been the same because Dinwiddie's now starting with Brunson gone, and so their bench isn't the same. So he's he's a guy they thought could come in and take some of the load off of Luke, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, Kemba Walker is also available tonight. Jason Kidd said everybody is healthy. This from Dwayne Rankin's Twitter account. He covers the Suns for AZ Central. Uh, Jason Kidd said, "quote Everybody is healthy." Close quote. Including Kemba Walker, who hasn't been healthy in four years. (laughs) Kemba Walker is available to play tonight. Christian Wood uh, is going to play tonight as well, according to the reports that I'm seeing. Um, So uh, we'll be available. Yeah, he will be available for tonight's game for the Suns. Yet another name who's not available tonight, and that's Dwayne Washington Jr. He has been ruled out for tonight's game. He won't play. Chris Paul's already been ruled out. Troy Craig, once again, has been ruled out. We, of course, know Jay Crowder's not going to play. I mean, it's just uh, how many more? What's the What's the December 15th? 11 days away? 11 days. 10 days. 10 days. Today's Today's the 5th, right? Today's the 5th. December 5th. Yep. 10 days away from a third of the league being eligible to be traded. They weren't previously eligible to trade. They are on December 15th. It's got to be then. It just has to be. You would think. Would you be, what's the odds on it being that day? December 15th. Here you go, Jay. You're on a new team. Better than 50-50? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Better than 50-50. Cause other, I, I mean, otherwise, that's the day. you know, I mean, I could say the thing, what are you waiting for? I think that's what you're waiting for. 
You know, like, like even if you've got an offer where you could make a trade right now if you wanted to, you would do it. You 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 would do it if you liked it well enough. And if you're waiting for something better, something better might happen on December fifteenth, right? That might be the day something better comes knocking on your door. So you might as well wait. Especially if you don't love what you have in hand right now, wait a couple more days and just see. You're, it's not like you're just struggling without them. For goodness right. sakes, you won two games, but you, starting or you won a game starting Dario Saric at your power forward spot. But it's not like James Jones is going to get a call on December fifteenth. Hey, by the way, I know we never talked about this guy, but he's available now. Would you be interested in him? No, like the conversations he's had with teams includes these players that aren't available to December fifteenth. But there's no use making a trade because you you know you can't make it right now, and yeah. you don't you don't do it early because what if that guy gets hurt? So that's why it's very likely just going to come down to that day. I think when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, like it or not, it is here to stay. The transfer portal has changed college athletics forever, and today it has made its mark. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. If you missed it earlier here on the Burns and Gambo show, um, it's been retweeted several times among those who cover college football, working college football. 667 players have entered the transfer portal today. The previous all-time high for a single day was 270. Make them all free agents. More than doubled. It's nuts. 62 quarterbacks. Half of the quarterbacks, I think I saw somebody who tweeted out that half of the ACC quarterbacks are in the transfer portal right now. Half of the starting quarterbacks from the ACC, including the Clemson kid, he's in there. Is he? Yeah, he's in there. DJ. Whose name I can never say, so I'm not going to try because I'm just going to embarrass myself. He's terrible. He's one of the ones that's that's in there. Um, 667 players have entered the transfer portal today. 62 of them are quarterbacks. And look, I... I how many of that? And, and and there's not that many scholarships available. Is the problem too? That is part of the problem. And part of the problem is there's not that many scholarships. There's not 667 scholarships because you've got new people coming in that mm-hmm. you're giving scholarships to, and now these these kids that had scholarships are leaving. It's not like one for it's not a one for one type of thing. So it's just it is different. There's not that many scholarships available for these kids. Oh, I'm just going to get the same scholarship. No, maybe you're not. But maybe it's about playing, and I just want to play, and if I have to pay to go to school. I'll pay to go to school, but I want to go somewhere I can play. You know, and that's and like there's two ways of looking at it. The the, the one one way is the very realistic but even somewhat cynical viewpoint of, man, that's NIL money. That's a kid who got word that this school's ready to pay him to come there and play, and he's going to make a bunch of money, so he's going to enter the transfer portal. Sure. And I'm sure a lot of that happens. I'd like to think that some of it, too, is, you know, I, I think about, you know, your daughter played college soccer. My son played college baseball. I think about my son, and I think about, you know, that was him playing college baseball. That was his last chance to be a baseball player. That was it. After that, you were done. There, there was no more baseball for you. He spent an entire lifetime playing baseball when he was done. I'm glad he got to go to a school where he got to play. And he got to play a lot. Because that was it. Like, that's this This is the end of the journey Enjoy for it, yeah. you. Enjoy it. And if you're not going to play there, I can understand why you'd want to go somewhere where you can play. Because that is going to be the last chance you get at playing. For your daughter, same thing. She wasn't going to become a professional women's soccer player. after That was her last chance that to was play it. soccer. Yeah. And so there is something 
heartwarming at the core of it, like, man, I just want to end my football playing career by playing football and not sitting on the bench. Okay. No, you don't realize that when you go to senior day or whatever, like I, for my daughter in lacrosse, for my daughter, my daughter played college lacrosse, my other daughter played division one college soccer, and then you you watch them on the field, and that's the last time you watch them play, and it's like, this is it. Like, I'm never going to, like, I'm never going to watch you play in an organized event like this it, like, again. Like, it just comes to an end. So, yeah, it's just, you've, I understand the kids that want to play. I, yeah. I, I'm here. I'm not playing. You take Jay Feely's kid, Jace, right? He's not the starting kicker at ASU. He's got three years of eligibility left. Let me go somewhere where I can kick field goals. You know, I want to go play. I want to be a part of this. I want to. I, I I think that it makes sense for those kids that aren't playing, and for the kids that are good, like the wide receiver, the singer kid out of U of A. I mean, it might be about I want to go win. I haven't won, or I want to go somewhere where there is nil money for me. Why not make a hundred grand, or two hundred grand, or fifty grand, or even twenty grand if I can, whatever it is. So, what's my opportunities? That's prevented presented now with the portal, with the nil. It's a much different landscape. We don't have to like it, but. But that's the reality of college yeah. football right now. And, and I know you don't like it. And I, I get that you don't like it. I, I, To me, I've just accepted more of a, man, this is reality. It's like you just got to adapt or die, right? This is the way it's going to be. And, and so we can sit here and complain about it every single year. The transfer portal, this sucks. This is awful. But this is this is how it's going to be. We just have to kind of get used to it. ASU's got to navigate this now. Now, as of this morning, and I tell you what, just in the last couple of hours, this has changed. As of this morning, Ladarius Henderson was in the transfer portal. Omar Norman Lott was in the transfer portal. Daniel Nagata, we found out about him over the weekend. The running back is in it. Jace Feely, you mentioned him. Jay's son is in the transfer portal. There are guys reportedly coming in. Gambo, this is so convoluted. We actually at ArizonaSports.com right now have a tracker. We have a we have a transfer yeah. portal tracker at ArizonaSports.com included in which, by the way, is this interesting tweet from Dorian Singer, the wide receiver from the University yeah, of Arizona. Who Arizona State was looking at, right? Blessed to receive an opportunity to play at ASU. He tweeted that out. So I think he's been offered by ASU as well. So it's it's I think Utah's offered him too. I mean it's just trying to keep up with this is going to be crazy. So does that mean he's coming to you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I honestly don't know. I know that Eric, do you it's know? It's just it's just a basic, hey, I got an offer from these guys. He oh. did one for University of Miami as well. Okay. And he did one did? for Utah. Right. Okay. So. Right. okay, thank you. Thank you I'm for the seeing clarification. I'm blessed to receive an opportunity to play at the University of Miami. Okay. Blessed to receive an opportunity to play at ASU. Blessed to receive an opportunity to play at Utah. He's, so he's got three of them. So he's just got to keep, he's got to throw them all out there and basically say, hey, these are the schools that are interested in me. Who wants to give me the most amount of money? Doesn't mean he's coming to ASU. It just means no, that he's kind of fielding offers right now and he's thanking everybody who's injured. Now, Kenny Dillingham on his Twitter account tweeted out this morning, let's go. Great day to be a Sun Devil for life. And chances are he is talking about six foot four, 240 pound defensive end Tristan Monday, who went to Saguaro High School, who announced on his Twitter account that he's coming home and playing for ASU. So already like Dillingham's already reacting to landing one. Supposedly there's an offensive lineman from Oregon 
who went to Saguaro, who's transferring out of Oregon and transferring to ASU. Right. So it's it's going to, you know. Same thing last year. They lost Jaden Daniels to LSU, Ricky Pearsall to Florida, LV Bunkley Shelton to Oklahoma, Eric Gentry to USC, Jermaine Lole to Louisville, Chip Trainum to Ohio State. They had 17 players transfer. But then they added, you know, Emory Jones, Ex uh, uh, Valade, uh, Nesta Jade Silvera. They added a bunch of guys too. Messiah Swinson from Missouri. So that's what's going to happen. You're Gonna, you're gonna have a bunch of players that you're gonna lose. You're gonna replace those players in the portal. It's just, it's almost like free agency in college football. Yeah, Messiah Swinson announced on Twitter today he's staying. He's not leaving. He's not going to enter the portal. He um, right, and that's a guy who would be three schools. He was at Missouri, then he's at ASU. If he goes to three schools in three years, yeah. Uh, but I think you're going to see, like you brought it up hypothetically, will we ever see the day where a player plays for five schools in five years? I wouldn't rule it out. And, and, and you start talking about three or four, right? I mean, three is going to be easy now. The USC kid that was the quarterback that went to Pitt is now in the transfer portal to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Slovis. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be on three. Yeah, you might see like a, a four year. And, and what, you know, just the best opportunity. You're not tied to a school anymore. You're not tied to a school. It's not hard to transfer. Like, oh, I got to sit out a year and not play. No, you go play. So they've made it very easy for the kids. And now there's money available. It's a whole different landscape. And it's a lot. And I almost feel for these coaches. Like we talked about Dillingham coming in saying, okay, you got to re-recruit your players. But he had an interesting comment. Like, look, it's not about, you know, uh, if, if they don't want to be here, then we don't want them. Job one is to meet with our guys. And- and uh, contrary to what a lot of people do nowadays, it's not to convince people not to transfer. I want people who want to be Sun Devils. Uh, I want people who wake up every day, they walk into that building, and they go, man, am I lucky. Man, can I wait, not wait to get to work. And that's what I told everybody that walked through that door is, you know what, this is my dream job. I'm going to be here forever, as long, as long as I can. And we're going to do this the right way. We're going to get people in this building who want to be here. And uh, you'd be shocked how many people want to be here and love this place. And it, it's not a recruiting pitch to keep the guys. It was more a, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Get ready. And you know what to me is? That's the sound of a man who sort of understands it's futile. It's futile to try to convince kids who don't want to be here not to be here. You know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste my time on you. You know, hey, shake your hand. Wish yeah. you the best of luck. Yeah. Because I've, I've got to go find your replacement. I've got to go attack the transfer portal, not defend it, right? I want somebody that wants to be here, not somebody that's lukewarm. Yep. I can't sit back on my heels and play defense. I've got to go play offense on this. But listen, you have one conversation with the team, and you tell everybody what your plan is, what you're doing, and and you're going to help all of the – I mean, Deion Sanders said the same thing, right? I mean, Deion Sanders with Colorado, like, you know, there's the door. Don't let you – Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Don't let it hit your ass on the way out, that's, you know? Yep, that's that's pretty much exactly what he said. I, mean, like, that, I don't want a lot of you guys. I hope you all transfer. Yeah. When in a roundabout come, way. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, you look at the math, you look at the numbers, and no, it's not necessarily over yet. So you're telling me there's a chance. A small one. <laughs> Very small. That's How next. small is it? Burns and Gambo show. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Big Red Monday, presented by Sanderson Ford with Burns and Gambo. Not going to lie to you, my friend. 
kind of surprised you included this in your email to me today. I was not expecting to see this. What are you talking about? Explain yourself. No, I'm kidding. Um, NFC playoff percentage with remaining strength of schedule. Look at that smile on your face. Look at that little grin on your face. Well, I, I didn't look at it from like a Cardinals angle, though. Oh, okay. So I wasn't thinking of it. I was looking at it just overall NFL, not Cardinals related because the Cardinals' chances are like slim to none. You get to conclude they're included in there. Well, because they're not officially eliminated. No, they're not officially eliminated. They're not officially. There are some teams that are officially eliminated. They are not officially eliminated. No, they're and and trust me when I say the the purpose of the next few minutes of our lives here on this radio show are not to make any kind of convincing case that the Cardinals will not eventually be eliminated, whether it's this week or next. I, I think this week it's it's pretty tough for it to happen. Bears and Rams are eliminated. Okay, right. The Bears and the Rams have both been eliminated. Have they? Yeah, because it says zero percent chance of making the playoffs. Okay, well, I was, <laughs> well that that makes sense. Like if you no, have was, a zero percent chance of making the playoffs, I, I, I was, think you've been eliminated. I was going to look at the standings to see if there was an X next to anybody's name. In the NFC, I believe only two teams have been eliminated. Am I wrong? The Bears have been eliminated. Okay. The Houston Texans have been eliminated. There's not an E next to the Rams' name. I don't know why there's 0%, but according to the standings I've got in front of me, there's not an E next to the Rams. But okay. whatever. I mean, look, 3-9, and nine, they're not getting the playoffs. The Saints, you know, well, the Saints are a different story now. The Saints, the Saints are playing tonight. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, they're not making the playoffs. They're 4-8, and eight, but the Bucs are 5-6. and six. I want Brady to suffer. I hope they lose. Who's going to win that division? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are five and six. Okay. The Falcons are five and eight. The Bucks. They're talking about changing quarterbacks. The Panthers are four and eight. The Saints are four. The Bucks and eight. are going to win. Yeah, the Bucks are going to win. They have Tom Brady. They're going to win. They have to find a way to win. They have Tom Brady. Okay. They lose tonight. I think they're five and seven. I hope they lose. If they, if I would love to see him not make it. Look, seven and ten might be good enough. And oh, that's embarrassing. God, no, I, I know. Seven and ten might actually be good enough in that wretched division to get in. Can you imagine a seven and ten football team in the playoffs? We had uh, a seven and ten Seattle. Was a, Seattle had a losing record and it made the playoffs one yeah. year. Yeah, but I mean, they were seven and nine. Believe you're correct. And we've they made a, the playoffs. We got a couple of seven and nine teams. There's been a seven yeah. eight and one team. There've but been they a won the division seven at seven and nine. Yeah. Seattle. Yeah, seven and ten. You know, I mean, like wow. It's possible. It's maybe even likely, depending on your perspective. But let's talk about the Cardinals for a second here. Okay. Because yeah, as, as the story that you sent points out today, it's 2%. It's slim. It's not going to happen. We all know it. I think what's going to be interesting for the Cardinals is that a lot of the teams they play down the stretch, the Patriots, the Bucks, the 49ers, depending on their situation, the Falcons, depending on their situation. The Cardinals do have a schedule that it's not a great schedule. It's not a tough schedule, but it certainly is filled with a bunch of teams that are going to be fighting for their playoff lives, right? Fighting for their yes. playoff positions. And the, and the Cardinals, while on the verge of being eliminated from this thing, do play some very meaningful football games the last five games you know, of the, the year. The one you were looking at, like the, maybe they could have caught a break, was, was the San Francisco game uh, at the end of the season. 
but I don't even like, I don't even look at that now because San Francisco could be battling for a playoff positioning or, you know, that game may matter to them. So yeah, there's the New England's fighting for their lives. They got a break this week. The Jets lost uh, to Minnesota. Mike White wasn't able to get the job done. So the Jets lose. That opens the door for the Patriots a little bit, right? They're trying to squeeze in. So that Patriot game's a, a big game for them. So the, the Cardinals are going to play teams that have something to play for. Now, what the Cardinals have to play for is jobs and, and you know, the coach and the, the players and guys still like to play well when their team's out of it. But I, the problem is a lot of times guys play more as an individual yes. than they play as a team because they're trying to, you know, pad their numbers or make their stats look better because it could lead to a bigger contract. So that's the fear when, when teams are out of it that sometimes players, not all, but some players care more about their stats and their individual accomplishment than they do about the team accomplishment. Honestly, I, I was worried about that after the 49ers game a couple of weeks ago. I, I was worried about that last week against the Chargers. Like, okay, this thing is now officially into the I'm going to take care of me kind of phase, and you're going to see a, te- a bunch of players playing for themselves. Didn't happen against the Chargers. I, I In fact, we've, we had Steve Kime on the show on Friday for his weekly visit, and we asked him, I don't have the soundbite here, but I, I, we asked him, what's your team's motivation? Are you worried about your team's motivation over these last five games? And even he acknowledged, you know what, that's kind of a good question. I'm not sure. We'll see. Let's see what motivates these guys. Let's see, you know, and, and this is my words now, not his. It turns into a how does Cliff keep the team together? How do they keep from splintering apart and just worried about themselves? There are still, I keep saying this because it's it's just so unusual. There are still five games left in the season. That's an eternity. That's a long time when you've got nothing to play for, right? When you've got no bigger goal in mind. And how Cliff and Vance and everybody else keeps this thing on the rails, even if they're not going to win games, how does it keep? individual guys from playing like individuals. Did you think they were out of it at 4-7 and seven before the Chargers game? Did I what? Did you think they were out of it before the Chargers game? Yes, I did. They played hard. I know they did. and that's, Three consecutive three and outs is the only thing that did them in. They were winning that game. They just found a crazy way to lose. That's a glimmer of hope. Not glimmer of hope. That That's a sign that shows me maybe they won't splinter. You've got that cut for me, Eric? Please play it. I think it sort of goes back to the evaluation process. You know, the one thing that I've tried to do with our scouts and, and our coaches is to try to hammer home the idea that we want competitors. Uh, obviously, Buda Baker is the, the poster child for that. Um, if you gotta if you got to get uh, excited to play on Sunday and you, you're getting paid this kind of money and you can't get up for it and you're not feeling it, obviously they're not the kind of players we want around here. And then certainly work themselves out of the organization but I know that I have a lot of respect for the Buda Bakers and the J.J. Watts and the guys who I know are going to lay it on the line each week regardless of the situation and those guys will no matter what I mean Buda could be on an no win football team he's going to play as hard as he can how many other guys I don't think guys go out there and just don't care but again I think that it's more like I care more about I'm going to do I might break this coverage to try to make that tackle. I'm going to try to get a sack today, and even if I let the running back get by me, if they hand it off for a big gain, my goal is to try to get that sack. Like I'm, you know, so that's the thing you worry about is just individual accomplishments that some guys may be focused on more than anything else. Yeah, that's the big fear. And you're right. 
I didn't see that against the Chargers. Does that mean we're not going to see it for the remaining five games? I don't know. I, I but I I thought they played they hard were, against they they play hard against. The Chargers. I thought they were done against the 49ers and they played hard against the Chargers. Can they keep that up for five games? Like I say, five games is just a long time to have to ride this out. If the season were to end today, which it certainly does not, but if it were to end today, here's the situation in the NFC: Philadelphia Eagles would have the first round bye. Your playoff series in the opening weekend in the NFC would be Minnesota hosting Seattle, San Francisco hosting the Giants, Brady and the Bucks hosting the Cowboys. Okay? That's, okay. that's your NFC playoffs. AFC, Buffalo Bills have the bye. The Jets would visit the Chiefs. The Dolphins would visit the Ravens. The Bengals would visit the Titans. And the Ravens, Cincinnati, I'm telling you, take a look at that AFC North. They're both tied at eight and four. The Ravens own the Ravens own the tiebreaker with a win over the Bengals. But the Bengals are hot right now. Okay? Six and one in the last seven. Burrow's got an NFL best, you know, passer rating and accuracy rating. Lamar suffered a knee injury. Tyler Huntley's the quarterback right now. So they're tied. Baltimore's got to play at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland. Then they play Atlanta. Pittsburgh again, and then they finish at Cincinnati. So that's going to be a great. So there are some there. Like if you're an NFL fan, if, if if you're more than just a Cardinal fan, there's a lot of stuff to look at. Yeah, you know, coming down the stretch. I mean, are, are the, is the NFC the NFC East? You're going to get Philly in. You're going to get Dallas in. You're going to get the Giants or Washington in. You're going to get three. Is Seattle and San Francisco both going to make it in the NFC West? Like there's, you know, we, we remember the beginning of the season we talked about it. There were three teams from the NFC West or four? Now two. Two tops, maybe one. If Seattle falls apart, maybe just one, which would be a huge surprise. Yeah. And we also thought that maybe all four teams from the AFC West was going to get in. And right now it's just one. Now, the Chargers are still in the race for that. That's the thing. On the fringe of this, Patriots right now, they're a game behind the Jets for the last spot. Chargers right now, they're a game behind the Jets for the last spot. In the NFC, the Commanders, they're a half game behind Seattle for the last spot. So you've got, you could potentially, potentially have all four AFC East teams in and all four NFC East teams in. Yeah. Potentially. Every wild card could come from the East. From the East. On, in both conferences, so you're saying Washington Giants, Dallas, and, and then Phillies in the in the and in the AFC, Jets, it would be Patriots, Miami, and Buffalo. Yeah, Crazy. potentially all of them. So I just looked at this. There's this uh, website called PlayoffStatus.com. I just want to mention this real quick, and they actually break everything down, like for the Cardinals, like what if best case scenario, Eagles beat the Giants, Panthers beat the Seahawks, Cardinals beat the Patriots. And then worst case scenario, Giants beat the Eagles. So you know, right now their chance to make they got their Cardinals chance of making the playoffs at ninety nine percent. The best case scenario for the Cardinals is remaining winning five out of five, and their chances would be eleven percent to make the playoffs. They asked if they went out. If they won out, they would still only have an eleven percent chance of making the playoffs. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line six twenty six twenty is the number. When we come back, the entire world of college football is shuffling. Even the coaches could Jim Jim Harbaugh shuffle his way right back to the NFL. 
That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Suns basketball is on tonight. 6.30 tip time here on the Arizona Sports app. 98.7 Arizona Sports. We'll have a game for you here. Pre-game coming up with John Bloom and the call with John Bloom in about 12 minutes. Keep it right here. Then at 7 o'clock tonight, you've got the Coyotes taking on the Calgary Flames in a uh, road trip that's just about to come to its conclusion. Is it finally over? December 9th, I believe, is their first home game back. So I think they had a four-game homestand, and they went on the road for a long time, and now it's coming to an end. How about that? It is. They're in Calgary tonight, taking on the Flames. That game face-off there is at 7 o'clock. You'll hear it on ESPN 620, 98.7 FM HD2, and of course, also on the Arizona Sports app as well. So the Suns and the Coyotes both in action tonight. Yeah, I I need to look at the Coyotes' schedule. I think they've got... One more road game, and then let me look. Hold on. I wasn't expecting to do this. Yes, After one the Flames. more. After the Flames tonight, they've got Edmonton on Wednesday. They're back home Friday against the Boston Bruins. How many games at home? Two straight, then they're on the road. Ugh. Three straight, then they're on the road for one. It's, it's like two games at home, one on the road. Three at home, one on the road. Okay. Not even a long homestand, huh? No, not even a super long homestand. Man. I'm looking for like that big long home. The, the, the biggest stretch they have is like from February 19th through March 18th. So basically that month, they play three road games that whole month. Yeah, two road games that whole home. home. So they'll be home a lot. Photo yeah. from my my friend Joe. He's up the Rangers game saying, "Let's go Rangers." That medicine. We're right at the Rangers game, and I hope the Rangers lose because I hate the Rangers. <laughs> and they're actually winning two one right now. Uh, that is uh, what's on tonight. And of course, Monday Night Football is on tonight. If you're into watching two really yeah, bad yeah. NFC South teams battle it out, I'm looking up right now. Our, our our good friend Larry Fitzgerald is on the screen with Steve Young and Susie Colbert right now. The Bucks and the Saints. That's the matchup on Monday Night Football tonight. Yeah, it, the, you look at that division. You're right. Somebody. Could could win that division with seven wins. I think the Bucks schedule is the easiest. So right now they're five and six. Atlanta's five and eight. How does that happen? So five and six. Five, there's a two game difference between who? The Bucks. I get Tampa. Tampa's five and six. Is Atlanta really five and eight? Yeah, Atlanta's five and eight. So they. Well, they've played, so so Atlanta hasn't had their bye week yet, and Tampa Bay will play their 12th game tonight. Okay. So there'll just be one game behind them after tonight. Okay. In terms of number of games played. Number of games that's, played. That's what I was throwing out. There was two. There was a difference of two between how many games they've played, but after tonight, that'll just be one. Right. So the Bucks schedule down the road at five and six, um, they're going to, they've got, a, their schedule's pretty easy. They get... Well, they're on the road at San Francisco. No, it's actually not. They got San Francisco, then Cincinnati, then Arizona, Carolina, Atlanta. It ends easy. Arizona, Carolina, Atlanta. But if they lose this game to New Orleans, and then they lose to San Francisco on the road next week, and then they've got Cincinnati, who's fighting for the division title. Mm-hmm. I mean, those three games, I guess it's not so easy. I mean, it may be five and nine if they don't win this game tonight. Might. Yeah, they might be. They might be. All right, so that's what's on tonight. Those are the games that we're going to watch this evening. Headline on the athletic website from a long time. Time Indianapolis sports writer. The headline says it all. The Colts need a savior, and it ain't Jeff Saturday. 
The Colts need Jim Harbaugh. That was the headline of the story, and believe me, there were other headlines, too. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, quote, I will be back enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023. Another story, NFL teams doing their homework on Jim Harbaugh as a potential head coaching candidate. Yeah, I mean, this is different than, you know, there's certain ASU fans. We need Urban Meyer, right? I mean, this is different. I mean... Harbaugh may have the desires to go back to the NFL, even though he's saying he's going to be back at Michigan. I don't know why. Like, they're paying him seven plus million dollars a year at Michigan. He's got them turned around. They're beating Ohio State two years in a row now. They could win a national championship this year. They're probably going to get to the national championship game. Man, things are good for Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. It's good. Recruiting's good. Mm -hmm. Transfer portal's good. The money's good. Like, what would, outside of just, hey, I want to go back to the NFL and try to win, what would make him want to leave? That would be it. That'd be the one thing. Uh, that and the money. I, I mean, because the, the... But I don't think the money's that different, the NFL and college. $15 million versus $7 million? Who's paying him $15 million? Well, didn't you just give me the list of the highest paid coaches in the NFL? And I believe one of them was at $15 million. Sean McVay's the highest paid, and then Belichick's at $12 million. Okay, so $5 million more dollars a year is I a mean, motivation. And that's a lot of damn money. I think McVay is. I think McVay's the highest paid. Okay, so if, if somebody wants but to give him... But that's not like the... You'd have to make him the highest paid guy. If somebody gives him $13 million a year to be a head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That's six million more than what he's Michigan, making out Michigan. Michigan could up them to thirteen. I, I I mean okay, more money's more money. You like being in the playoffs? You like being beat Ohio State? You like making six million dollars? A million more than you were making before? I got a lot of boosters in Michigan, man. Uh, I'll find a way. You you like being Ohio? You want to go back to losing Ohio State? You're the guy who would move to Anchorage, Alaska for $2 million a year. What are you talking about? Come on. I actually like Anchorage, Alaska, though. Like I do. It's beautiful there. At the end of the day, I mean, if the salaries are the same, okay, we can talk. But if he's getting offered $4 million a year more to be the coach in the NFL, that matters. I don't care how much you dismiss it. You'd have to make him one of the three or four highest paid coaches in the NFL. Yes, you'd have to do that. To get him to come. You'd You'd have have, to. You'd have have to. to Right away, you got to be one of the three highest paid coaches in the league. I agree. I'll pay you more than what they're paying Bill Belichick in New England. You'd have to do that. But there's still Michigan could still, like, Michigan could go higher too. Like, you tell me they can't go to 10 million? 11 million? I don't know. I don't know. I know what. Again, the, how much do you alumni what, what, like beating Ohio State? What does Saban make? 11? Yeah. 10, 11? 10. He's gonna like do 12 a year, I think. It's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We will see you tomorrow, straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh, God.